right. Hello and welcome to the Cinnabums podcast um, with Luke and John. Uh, it's been a while for us, uh, you know, fa- uh, thanks to Jake, uh, my, my brother, our guy, for uh, keeping our channel afloat um, for everyone. I don't know if... Are, you know, if everyone's been compete, uh, keeping up with that decade series, but I believe they're, uh, they're just did the eighties, um, nineties, no, they just did the nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're plowing through it. Uh, like for real, it really seems like to me, uh, like it was, you know, last week where they were doing the fifties and they're already at the nineties and they're you know, gonna be going all the way up to um yeah. I think yeah, the twenty twenty tens. Twenty tens, yeah. Yeah. Which I think we did. We did he'll with probably Jake, just yeah. do it. He'll probably just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why why like stop, you know, at that point, you know, and then you have yeah. like uh, everyone else who's you know, who he brings on can give their their opinion but you know yeah. I, I remember doing that with jake and uh, all our lists and stuff like that um yeah but... and i bet his like our ours would be different now like our 2010s list would have changed i feel like mine would have changed slightly at least i'm actually still pretty uh i look back on mine i'm like you did a good job still <laughs> you done good <laughs> spring breakers at number one <laughs> can't <laughs> See, I can't even remember what my number one was. So that's, I probably, I probably half-assed it. No, that's like one of those lists of mine that I have actually, like I could say, I have like, I have it a little memorized. I'm like, oh yeah, Wolf of Wall Street at number 10, you know, Francis Hot number two, you know, like Spring Breakers <laughs> at number one. Like I remember exactly, because I, I remember I like worked, so like uh, I, I worked pretty hard on that list for sure. <laughs> that was like pretty, I was pretty deep in, in the cinephilia those days especially oh yeah yeah well well good on you for putting that effort in that's yeah shows me that i need to put in more work next time when we do our best of the 2020s list yeah we might as well do one (laughs) now um but i don't know in terms of recent things that we've watched uh what have we watched recently um well, I don't know about you. I think you saw this too. Did you see the new Spider-Man, Spider-Verse yes. movie? Yes, I saw Spider-Verse two last night. Um, nice. I also watched, rewatched um, Spider-Verse one uh, right before um, because it had been a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Might I say the Spider-Verse two crowd at the theater I was in was brutal. It was brutally really. Hard. Yeah, there was like a kid who just would not stop yelling. Um, just like just when it started he was like ah i'm so hyped and then like every time oh there was no like, like that some, uh. yeah there, oh yeah yeah that's what i meant and there was like some action sequence he'd be like oh my god i can't believe it and people would be like shh, shh, shh. And, you know, I, and i was just like oh my god i forgot that i'm seeing like you know even though i like you know i very much respect this the creators behind this and the just the spider verses in general um I forgot I'm seeing a superhero flick and what that brings, you know, in yeah. the theaters. And uh, yeah, they were, yeah, really, really annoying. But like also, um, obviously these movies, Spider-Verse brings out like 
it brings out a lot of those the ner- the real nerdy people so that yeah. which is understandable i mean i i'm i find myself getting i can see getting very nerdy over these because you know they're very good um yeah yeah that this would this one was spider-verse 2 is very good I, everyone i think knows knows that is aware of that yes yeah <laughs> definitely getting critical acclaim audience yeah. acclaim yeah everything yeah. and yeah i mean it's so it's i was thinking when uh, i was watching that i feel like these movies are almost like how it was in the 90s when people first saw like toy story like the first like pixar movies were like oh my god this is so like different and like amazing Steps forward in animation a tremendous yeah step forward in animation and and yes. I almost feel like this is like that, you know, you know, it's just so unique and distinct right. and it's just mm-hmm. doing a, a completely new thing that at least, I mean, I don't think I've seen before right. in like animation yeah. and it's so creative and uh, it just fits this like world so well, this comic book world. And uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. And as you see with the sequel, it just goes to show um, you can just keep doing it. Like it's not going to get stale because yeah. they're because the fact that they're the world they've built what they're the world they're building allows and the fact that they are just so creative is um it just means that this I just saw I'm like oh this thing can just never stop yeah yeah like you can sure. like there's yeah there's like a million Spider Mans you can yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's and crazy. it does leave on a, and it leaves on a on a cliffhanger um where, yeah. where actually everyone in the theater was like it was one of those cliffhangers where everyone was like oh yeah you know? <laughs> I couldn't believe it you know? yeah yeah it's funny I saw uh, so I saw it on Friday and then on Sunday I saw Ron Funches um, at uh, Comedy Works who's mm. just one of my favorite comedians but. And he's uh he's a big nerd too and he talked to me, he's like today i got high and i saw the new spider-man movie and then people like yeah. cheered and he's like stop cheering these people are showing me this movie and then leaving me all right we'll see you in three years now and i like right. i i right. totally got what he was saying like like it was it was a little like frustrating to get that to be continued like right. it's a a show and like it's, we'll it's see a it. show but it's not a show yeah yeah right. yeah like not we're gonna see in the fall week. the next season right right mic down uh but yeah it was yeah i mean it was just it was just amazing and it was really overstimulating at times oh it was hard, absolutely hard absolutely. for me to follow but it was still it just was. like a visual mm-hmm. feast yeah exactly exactly yeah. yeah i feel like they're um built for rewatching, especially because it is overstimulating so like when you rewatch, you can like almost piece together the visuals like <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. More, more than the plot but uh yeah, yeah. I, I, what I love especially about both of them is how integrated they are with like, um, I don't know, there's, they're, they're promoting a lot about like, um, you know, uh, I guess just finding yourself or just having a sense of self and also like family values and stuff like that in a way that actually leaves me feeling very like kind of inspired, you know, you know, and uh mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also just feel that's what spider good spider-man movies do is they like make you like at least that's what the Raimi ones did is they make you want to be a better person by the end of it and that's what these spider verses kind of do too even though there's like so much going on at the, in the end they still make you feel like 
there is a very down earth theme always within each one. Yeah. It, it has that nice like balance between mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not overly like fan servicey or anything like that. It's, no, it's... it kind of has like a sense of humor in a way, even if it is doing that. So it, yeah. like, even if it does do something like that, the charm kind of like, I don't know. And if they show something like it's usually, I'm usually kind of about it. Like they'll show like, a scene from spider-man like three or whatever like yeah, how, they do the op- yeah. how they do in the opening they're like oh and remember i did this too even and like it shows him dancing to james brown you know like i kind of like like the way they throw that stuff in there you know the, the callbacks yeah. uh work yeah and there's there is obviously a ton of like easter eggs and stuff like that that yeah just i don't know much about like the backstories of any of these comics or anything i just know like the movies so i don't like catch all of those but uh i did catch a reference to the wire in it yeah so i saw you talk about that on your letterbox account yeah did you see that i did not catch i did not catch that one because i even tweeted at uh because I was, I was like Googling, I was like, this is a, a reference to the wire. Right. And I was like Googling all this stuff. There's all yeah. these like articles of lists of every single like detail you missed or Easter egg. I couldn't wow. find it anywhere. So I tweeted at Phil Lord and Chris Miller asking if, if, if there was a wire reference in there and Phil Lord, he just subtly liked my tweet Dang. and that's it. And that, that gave me, I felt like that was my answer that it was Yes. The affirmation, you got the affirmation. Yeah. 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 But there's a scene where they're like, uh, I guess I'll, this isn't, this isn't really a spoiler, but they're like piecing together like a crime scene and, yeah. uh, and they keep going like, shoot, shoot. Like they're like finding out new information and just going like, shoot. And like, that's the only thing they say over and over again. Mm-hmm. And there's a great scene from The Wire where McNulty and Bunk are, piecing together this murder like yes, step yes, by step and they're, and, they're, and they're like holy shit Just oh my fuck. that yeah yeah Dang. so like the whole scene they don't like Dang. you it's such like great storytelling because you they don't say anything besides fuck the whole time or motherfucker right 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 right, right. but they show you so much they, and they just yeah. go through the room like yeah, yeah that's such an i that's such an iconic fuck. uh yeah funny wire scene and they have yeah yeah that oh wow nice nice yeah good spot Fuck. Motherfucker. Fuck. Fuck. Motherfuck. So I was just thinking about that, like the whole movie. I was like, that had to be the wire, right? So yeah, it was. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eating at me, but yeah. No, yeah, the Spider Verses definitely have like a reference and like joke giving. Um ability that has like the speed of like someone like the simpsons or like 30 rock or something like that to me where you know a lot of them you you may not catch a lot of them or you have to think about it or something like that you know yeah right yeah yeah it's just it's very clever what was also cool was like uh the the so the soundtrack is uh Mm. done by metro boomin um who i'm a huge fan of and he's like i i don't i don't know if you saw but like there were so many of those like track lists posted for the soundtrack of this movie of like how many features he had on it It was like 
everybody's on it. Um, and then there's that fame. They like there's now that one song by uh, uh, I forget the artist, but that hummingbird song. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is now be is um, like you just hear it everywhere. I feel like um, what's well, humming hummingbird. Yeah, I remember the soundtrack was a big James deal. Blake, with James Blake. James Blake, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. Where he's like, hummingbird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember the soundtrack being big for the first one, too. Right. Like, I think there's a Post yeah, Malone song right. that was just huge yeah, yeah, that's from the that. Song, that's like his happy place is that Post yeah. Malone song. But I always feel like the movie also it integrates the music, like, really well to where, um, like... I don't know. It feels like it's so a part of the movie as if yeah. you're listening to it from the movie, you know, not like it's taking over. Like as he's like, I don't know, web slinging home, you feel it so in the background and it's so mixed well with all the sounds of the world that it like yeah. feels like it's it's the music that the world is listening to. It's, you know, because I, I listened to the um, soundtrack before because I just had to because I thought like, this must just be a great album to listen to on its own. And, but seeing it actually with the movie was totally like a different experience uh, for sure. Not to say that there's not a lot of good, like just in your face and needle drops as well. Um, but uh, yeah. And there's just like cool moments like that. Like, like, do you remember, I don't know. There's when he's with uh, the Gwen Spider-Man towards the beginning of the movie and they're like they're like watching the city they're looking at the city together but they're like upside down and you're yeah. just kind of, you get that like really cool upside down like inception nolan-y type view and it's but it just looks so cool and that they, they got yeah. like some r&b singers singing i'm just like god this is such a beautiful moment created all through just like animation right now you know yeah yeah no that uh, yeah. yeah i'm glad you brought up that scene that was yeah. really uh yeah that was yeah. really cool yeah and uh, yeah like you said it's just like the soundtrack is just perfectly integrated into the mm-hmm. into the movie and like even yeah. like miles will like put his headphones on and like, right the sound right. like goes up when he and he gets it on as if like oh you're... for sure i remember that too yeah that's yeah. cool yeah it's just they really like care about the details what is it across the spider-verse yeah, Spider- yeah. I, I always forget too it's not yeah. spider-verse too it's across the spider-verse okay. But, yeah uh, okay I'm sure most people have seen it already, but that's our uh, little review of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was like right when it came out, it was like number one on uh, Letterbox, like immediately. Yeah, which, I bet. Is, which is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to go next and sure. bring up? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I well, I guess the other day I watched Sleepless in Seattle for the very first time nice yeah i saw that uh, a while ago and i liked it (laughs) yeah 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 so sleepless in seattle now this is like the final uh tom hanks meg ryan movie that i right right that's one of your things yeah (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and so this was it was weird because i think the first one i saw was you've got mail and then joe versus the volcano and now sleepless in seattle and i think Sleepless in Seattle, I felt I felt was like the biggest one out of all of those. Like, yeah, yeah. the most referenced and um, right, well known. Right. But, exactly. but I found it to be my least favorite of the three. Mm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it it didn't really 
do it for me. And maybe I had too high of expectations. Um, but I, I felt a little uninterested in the characters uh, mm. this time around. Whereas when I was really thinking about it, like you've got mail. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. We talked about how kind of goofy it is and, it is. and stuff. It is. But it made it's me weird. appreciate it more because of how weird and goofy it was. Yeah, yeah. Then... It's like weird, but it's very watchable at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You're like, it's it's kind of and you're like, it's flawed, but it's like so watchable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it had like the stereotypes of any like rom com, you know. She owns like an independent bookstore. He's right. yeah. Right. What does he do again in that? I forget. He, he works for like a big corporation, like a Barnes and Noble type thing. Oh, so I think he's trying to take down like, her yeah, bookstore. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, getting rid of uh, smaller local bookstores, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny, like in uh, They Came Together, that Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler, uh, yeah. like rom-com yeah. spoof. It's like a similar thing. Like she owns a candy shop and he works for a big corporation that's going to like take down her independent candy store. Out of all of these, I got into this one the least, and uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like the connection between the two of them. You were, and, and this isn't to say well, I maybe hated because it, but... they're never they're never around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you weren't, so you didn't buy into the the gimmick of uh, what is it again? It's like over the from like like the uh, radio, like yeah, from the radio, uh, the radio dynamic thing, or yeah it's like she falls in love she's together with this guy but she kind of falls in love with tom hanks just from hearing him talk on the radio yeah yeah. well but but also don't like a bunch of other women too in the movie yeah they're all they're all into him but she's like the right one or something like of course yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. i also found it very strange that tom hanks was so like well i didn't find it i found this normal that he was like so damaged from like the loss of his wife and just Mm -hmm. so lost but then his son was like Hey, come on get over it dad Gee, like mom's right, dead right. so what yeah and and i was right. like like why is it like if this kid is like there's a huge hole in this kid's life now of his mother dying <laughs> and he's just telling his dad to get over it and get laid yeah, by someone yeah. else you know right found that to be strange but anyway um i still did it i still you know i like i do like a nora efron you know rom-com like this it's nice yeah. uh nice easy watch um but that being said, I think Joe versus Volcano is easily uh, my favorite out of these three mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Meg Ryan is uh, that's an underrated Meg Ryan performance in that too, where she's playing like three right. different characters, all that's very quirky. That's true. That's where she really shows the range for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, I actually really like Sleepless in Seattle. I think I actually fall for a lot of the gimmicky hollywoodized things that you probably don't like in it um (laughs) (laughs) like yeah it's true like the son is definitely like egging him on you know like at the the beginning but i also was kind of like i don't know like there's kind of this like cute humor about like the moving on situation that Mm -hmm. tom hanks plays like he plays the like damaged like you know feel bad for him guy actually like pretty well I, I remember he has like this speech on the phone where he's like well what am i gonna do after losing my wife i'm gonna put one foot in the other in front of the other <laughs> so i forget like the work <laughs> the wording of it but it's like a really well written monologue where like i'm like kind of laughing while i'm watching it but i'm also kind of like crying because i'm like this is so sweet you know yeah yeah um 
but yeah, I do feel that, like yeah, like like it is a gimmicky, very Hollywoodized movie that like you can tell like was just popular for specific things, and like yeah, I can see them like definitely like you're like why is there the connection? Uh, you know, where's the connection in this? You know, yeah. Um, but I, I I do fall for the end for sure when she's when they're both on top of the Empire State Building oh, yeah. and she sees him. I'm kind of like. It just feels like a big like '90s movie moment when you're watching it, like yeah, when yeah. everyone in theaters was like, all these women are crying and shit. But no, they went and, down like, the elevator. No, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of like, I feel like a lot of television shows have spoofed this moment too. So it also Probably, just feels yeah. so big because of that as well. And like, I also think like when you think of like, oh, this is like not the '90s, like was everyone was in love with meg ryan i feel like it was because of like this movie specifically so Mm -hmm. that's just kind of why i like i definitely liked it and because and also like it doesn't have the like it has respectable qualities that you've got mail to me like lacks so i feel (laughs) like it's like the you've got mail that actually like you know like it like works you know that's yeah that's fair and i definitely uh i definitely I can understand like the appeal and everything, right, but yeah, right. for me, for I can me, understand like not being in it necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but still, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of those you have to see. And I do, I like, I do like Nora Ephron. Yeah. And it's just like, it just seems like a rom-com. That's like, like one of the most iconic rom-coms to exist. So I've actually got like um, some shows to report on since <laughs> there's a stretch of a month where, all I really had time to keep up with was like HBO shows, for instance. Um, so like, I won't talk about succession. I don't know. Have you watched succession? I have it's not. Like, I haven't. I won't talk about succession. Cause it's like, if you haven't <laughs> watched it, like, and I talk about like, you know, like it, there's no context for anything. So, um, but I will say succession was very good. Um, as most people are aware and that show ended also um the show barry ended i don't know are you up to date on barry i haven't started season four yet i'm uh i'm waiting for carly to catch up that's the final season right yeah 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 okay all right so i won't talk about specifics too much with this but i will say that what barry does in its final season my god it's some of the most like unique television stuff really like for real like i love the direction they went in barry it was so like weird and dark and also very funny and just um i love it and i love the ending of barry especially too i like um it's not what you'd expect but it it, like it's a good one for sure um yeah barry the final season is a is for is a must is a must see awesome yeah i'm excited to get to it here's a couple other shows i watched there's one uh they're both like one season shows one is a netflix series i believe uh it's called beef i don't know if you've heard of beef but oh man about it i Um, gotta see beef yeah i've yeah yeah been neglecting it yeah yeah with uh steven yoon and ali wong um and also Dave Cho of Anthony Bourdain. Uh, yeah. uh, well, he's not, you know, but like, I, I feel like he's probably famous to other people outside of Anthony Bourdain, but probably to us, he's mostly known for being around Anthony yeah. Bourdain. Um, 
but yeah, he's in the show and uh, he's so funny in it. And uh, this show is a great, like, um, it's so many things, um, but I think it's best as like an LA, like capitalist, like satire and about being also like, also about being a Korean American or an Asian American. It's about so many things. Um, and it's so like unique and smart and funny. Um, and in the end, it, en- it like ends up being kind of, it kind of reaches an ending very similar to like everything everywhere all at once. Um, and I, I don't think this really spoils it, but it really like ends up, you know, it ends up having, giving you one of those like Zen moments where you're like, where like it, it allows you to just stop and like be like, oh man, like, like look at all the like, I don't know, think, look at all the bullshit we get sucked into, into this, this world, mm. like that yeah. doesn't matter, you know, like that to- sort of thing. It does that. But also like, I think I've said that, like, I've, I've made this statement, even though I very much respect everything everywhere all at once, it's not totally like for me, like, the like masterpiece it is for a lot of other people like i like it but i don't like i'm not as passionate about it as as other people but i think like for me like beef hit this note but i like the same note that everything everywhere all at once did but i also happened to enjoy the ride a lot and and very much felt like it spoke to me the entire way through um so yeah i'd highly recommend beef um you can watch it. I, I like you could easily watch it over a weekend, uh, for sure if you haven't seen it yet. And of course, Stephen Yoon and Ali Wong in this are both so so good too. Awesome, yeah. This is one I keep forgetting about because I don't find myself going to Netflix too much. Um, lately. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people aren't nowadays. Yeah. yeah. So I forget. I just forget about it. Okay, and then the uh, the the last show is uh, another one season show it's uh one that probably not a lot of people actually know about to the same level of like beef or berry or succession um but it came out this year and it's called it's love and death it stars elizabeth Oles, olsen and jesse plemons oh yeah and, okay yeah and it and it, it's produced and i think written by david e kelly who like he like is the creator of big little lies and hmm. um like sharp objects and among other things. And I very much respect this man's work. So, um, so like whenever he puts out something, I'm usually very into it. And this is actually a very, like, it's very good and very unique. Uh, it, like uh, basically just the um, Jesse Plemons and uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen play two like um, people who are in a marriage, but also very unfulfilled um by it that they're you know they're not like they feel like invisible in it or not in love anymore by it or something like that along those lines and they're also but they're also very christian um i believe this show yeah this show takes place in texas so it's very conservative christian people and um i i believe this might also be this is also a period piece of some sort i'm not sure what era it is also but Either way, even if it's nowadays, I feel like having an affair in Texas in some communities is a big deal. Um, 
but yeah, they, they strike up an affair. Um, and, uh, one thing leads to another. It ends up being kind of this, uh, whole investigative murder trial. Mm. Um, and, that might even be giving too much away because I didn't know that that were where it was le- that was where it was leading. But I will say this show is definitely worth watching. It definitely um, had many episodes where I'm just like, it starts off very like laid back. You're just kind of like the show starts off laid back and you're kind of like, Oh wow. I just kind of enjoy Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons character dynamic because both are so good. Um, but eventually like, as it uh, as the show unfolds, it like really led to places I did not expect and was very gripping. Um, and I, there was like, there's one specific episode. I think it's like episode four where I was really on the edge of my seat on this episode mm. with just the suspense um, involved of it. So I, I'd highly recommend uh, love and death as well. Um, uh, especially since a lot of people probably aren't like really dying to get to it or in any sort of way either, you know, it's, it's maybe probably more, more one of those under the radar ones. Yeah, I remember seeing a trailer for this and thinking like, "Oh, I definitely want to watch that." And then never saw anything about it again. Right, it's or... one that slips by. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But that's good to know. Yeah, I, I definitely want to. There's a lot of uh, what is it? It's not HBO anymore. It's Max now. Whatever. Yeah, right. There's, weird, weird yeah. thing. Weird move, but. There's still, yeah, there's still stuff on there that I want to get to. Like, I haven't gotten to White Lotus Season 2 yet. Haven't gotten to Love and Death. Yeah. (laughs) Haven't gotten to Love and Death. (laughs) Gotta catch up. Yeah. (laughs) White Lotus Season 2 is so good. Yeah. I've only heard amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. Are those all the shows? That's my show report. Yeah. All bunched up into one. Well, I guess I'll I'll finish mine with quickly with uh, a show as well which I just said I haven't been to Netflix very much, but I have lately um, for this one show um, because season three of I Think You Should Leave uh, came out. Which I don't know. Have oh, yeah. you, have no, you watched it? No, but you told me about it like when the first season came out and I said <laughs> I would watch it. <laughs> Man. Now you're, I, on, now you're on the third season? Yeah, yeah. So the third season just came out and it's – uh i think you should leave is a weird is such a weird show for many reasons but one of them is it take the sketches are so off the wall and bizarre that you almost need like a second and third watch to really for it to really like get to you um and i think uh season two really did that for me i remember the first watch through i thought it was pretty good the second watch through i thought it was like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my entire life um, but <laughs> wow. uh, I still like I find myself just uh not necessarily quoting things but Tim Robinson just has this like very distinct way of talking in in a lot of these sketches and I find myself just like mimicking that um without trying but uh but yeah season three is still great I think I think this is like the only truly like laugh out loud funny show that's on right now like mm-hmm. a new show I mean, maybe I guess like the rehearsal, Nathan Fielder, that made me, that killed me a lot too. But it's also more like very that more bizarre. So, that and, more so weirded me out and freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. Laugh out loud, I would say. Yeah. I'd say both of these shows do both for me. They they weird me out and they make me okay. laugh out loud. But uh, uh, it sounds like a must see then, because like, um, even though I I I have I have a lot I I very much question the rehearsal 
a lot yeah, as I'm yeah. watching it. Um, I still say it's such a must watch like oh, thing. Yeah. 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 So, um, and if, yeah, I think you should leave is like every episode is like 10 to 15 minutes. Like they're super short, like three, four sketches in each episode. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's this sketch about like a zip line where the first time seeing it, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I was dying laughing. And then when I watched it a second time, there were little details that I missed the first time. Oh, wow. That made it even more funny when I, when I went okay. back to it. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, I think you should leave is just, I, I think the funniest show that's like going on right now. I think it's okay. really hard to be. Yeah. All right. I am once again motivated to watch it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's just, it's way different from anything else. And I always uh, see it on HBO max too. Like it'll pop up. It'll be like, it's under like for you and like, Oh yeah. And yeah. I'll be like, I remember John always told me to watch that. And then I continue to scroll <laughs> down <laughs> other things, you know? <laughs> Yeah, if John recommended it, it's probably not good. But it's probably uh, yeah. a probably a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd talk to Jake about it before though, too. I think Jake he I think he's at least seen some of it, if not all of it. Jake's seen know. a lot of most things, yeah. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we talked about it once, uh once when we were all podcasting together. But mm-hmm. uh but yeah. That that was the that was the one show that I've um kept up with easily but it's it's a very easy show to keep up with. i know uh like a a this is a little comparison a little show that maybe is uh along similar in a similar genre but i know like eric andre show is back i haven't watched any of that yet um but i'd like to it's you know it's that'd be interesting to watch again i i did hear that like one of the reasons the show i think is back is because that one movie that he put out like bad trip like mm-hmm. I think apparently made no money at all. Um, oh, dang. Like he made he he made no money or something, which there's a chance it means he maybe even lost money. So I think that is there's a chance that's like why he's doing um he's doing the show again is so wow. that he can make money like specifically you know. And now he's doing this other show like it's like Shark Tank oh, yeah, he, but for pranks. Yeah, yeah, he's doing like one of those um cable tv like obviously this person's just doing it because it's an easy gig to make right, money type yeah. shows you know like like Dwayne wade's the cube the cube who knows what yeah. the fuck that is you know <laughs> uh i tried watching the cube before and you i was did. like man they're making a game show out of anything these days it's That's just hilarious. like hilarious the things like i watched half an episode and i was just like this is like a televised production that they're putting on of this guy trying to move this ball into this. Th- like, it's just, this is just like not even a game you would play at home, like with family or something. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I think you should leave. That's my uh, cool. TV recommendation. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So I have another movie to bring up. It's from uh, 2023. And I think it's actually uh it's my favorite movie of this year. Um, mm. It's uh, Blackberry. Uh, oh. Directed by Matt jo- Johnson and starring Jay Baruchel and Glenn Howerton. And Matt Johnson. Um, I don't know if you... Have you seen the trailer for this at all? It's yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I saw it on the recommended recommendation of my brother, Jake, uh, who said it was really, really good. And, and I'm, it's not that like when I saw the trailer, I wasn't intrigued. I definitely was intrigued um, for sure. And I was like, I'll probably watch that. Um, but like, yeah, Jake told me it was really good. And as you know, very well know, uh, John, I am such a sucker for like the tech biopic yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's, it gives me a lot of social network Steve it jobs is. vibes it, yeah. yeah no no this is very like if we're saying like that you know the social network has descendants say like in the same way like a movie like goodfellas has descendants mm. this is a a social network descendant like for sure um nice. you know uh but like doesn't you know but like doesn't build to the same you know conclusion necessarily but also in the end you know it ends up being like oh people were greedy and fucked each other over type shit but hey i can't get enough of that shit i love i love that shit and uh i was at glenn howerton specifically um who we all know as the conniving fucked up person and it's always sunny in philadelphia who is you know at times a lot of the times is you know, you, I, you, like in Sonny, he, everyone's always like, okay, this guy is definitely like the best actor in the show. Cause like, <laughs> you know, and he's using it for such fucked up things usually most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but w- which is a crazy thing to say in like a show where you have Danny DeVito, um, <laughs> right, in, yeah. you know, like that this random, you know, white dude, skinny white dude is the best actor, but he is the, doing the best acting a lot of the times in that show. Um, and, and also driving a lot of that show, I would say. Yeah. Um, also, just a little sidebar. I spoke to Danny DeVito at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. No I, way. Work at a, I work at a restaurant in uh, L.A. that happens to have a lot of celebrity um, clientele. And I'd say one of the biggest one, probably the biggest one by far that came in was Danny DeVito. And uh, wow. Yeah. And I. I and then he, like, I didn't just see him at a table. He approached me because I'm a host at the restaurant. And he he was like, yeah, we were late for the reservation. It was his fault. And I was like, I didn't even have the reservation. I was just like, yes, all right, let's get him a table immediately. This is fucking Danny DeVito right now. It's like, yeah, it was the coolest thing. It was the coolest wow. thing ever. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Did he seem like a nice guy? Of course, yes. He uh, seemed like a very awesome. nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, the black <laughs> Blackberry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Glenn, yeah. Glenn <laughs> Glenn Howerton is super great in in Blackberry. Um, he plays. Let's see what the name of the guy he plays. Fucking IMDb doesn't show you who they play. I mean, Letterbox doesn't show you how who they play. I have to go to IMDb. Oh, if you hover over like. Oh, I have to hover? Yeah, if you hover over their name, it'll say the so like Glenn Howerton, he, it says Jim. He plays Jim, huh? Well, John, you should do letterbox tutorials now that yeah. we post on our <laughs> I'll share my screen and we can go through step yeah, by yeah, step. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. How to read a letterbox page. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a market <laughs> for us. But uh oh, I, and then I can look in this description. Duh. So he he plays <laughs> Cutthroat businessman Jim Balsill, Bill Balsilly. Jim Balsack. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who is the, who's essentially the guy who te- who teams up with Mike 
Lazaridis, <laughs> um, who is played by Jerry Baruchel, who is like the tech guy who invents the BlackBerry, but Glenn Howerton plays like the business guy who kind of pushed them forward, actually like enabled them to have a business sense, sense you know. Um, so like that's kind of how the film starts off, like like uh, Jay Baruchel is working with all these like tech nerds who are like literally like they're like having movie nights and they're like oh raiders it's raiders of the lost ark tonight after they like you know innovate with like how whatever the tech terms are for like whatever you need to be able to fit like this much stuff onto a blackberry like whatever technology they had to invent to enable a blackberry to exist um they invented that technology um basically and they're like it's an email device in your pocket, you know, like that whole, <laughs> that, that whole sales pitch that they end up having. Um, and anyways, though, Glenn Howerton plays such an asshole businessman. It's so insane. Like the, he's like screaming at the top of his lungs, like through so many scenes, but it's, it's so great. Um, and so funny. And um, it's just like, you know, like it's like just such a great typical American like mo- type movie that we, even though this is Canadian people, but like mm. still, I would like put this in that category of like an American like you know story about like success and innovation and also greed and like in the end they're being like indicted by you know the SEC and shit like that and uh, um, in the end like the end like like connections are burned and friendships are burned and in the end jay baruchel kind of loses like um sight of what his original goals were because he expanded the business far too much and uh you know speaking of like steve jobs like we there's like a a big turning point in the movie is when like you know apple like comes out with the iphone and all everyone at blackberry is like freaking out you know and uh yeah, I really enjoy it. Like, it's like, in a lot of ways, I'm not describing anything like new. I am describing social network for BlackBerry, but this is this was very well done. This was very well done, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, well acted, and also the music even has like that social network vibe a lot because oh, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of yeah. like, yeah, there's a lot of like synth arpeggios that are going like and you're just like watching these guys like you know run a company it's totally yeah. my thing man <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i'm uh i definitely want to see this i feel like this really flew under the radar um at least yeah, i haven't probably. seen like anything about it probably it probably did um it's funny though i definitely want to see it i remember the day like my dad you know he's very much like a stereotypical businessman a guy who would carry a blackberry exactly and i remember when his company got blackberries for everyone and he came home like in the office when they he was so he was so excited yeah and i remember holding it in my hands like in my backyard like playing brick breaker or snake whatever Mm -hmm. was on there yeah Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a weird like distinct memory i have of like yeah 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 holding a blackberry for the first time yeah then, for a time it was like the coolest thing and um and so quickly became obsolete too 
it did it really did it was such a yeah. short-lived thing um which is kind of what this movie shows but yeah there is a point where glenn howerton's walking around and he's like trying to he's like this is not like uh, just a phone like it's a status symbol you know like that sort of thing and mm. like there was a point where blackberries really got so like the office when ryan howard like comes back from corporate you know he gets the yeah, corporate yeah. job and he's got the beard and he's so suave new york now blah 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 and he's always on the black bear like that whole like look you know it was was what the businessman was you every businessman was on a blackberry all the time yeah 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 how's my favorite branch doing yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool well yeah i am definitely going to see blackberry i like the uh I like the social network-iness of it. Right, um, so, so did I. Mean, I. Yeah, and, and you could tell it's like that way pretty immediately, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll talk about 80 for Brady. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I know about that movie. Yeah, that trailer was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, also a 2023 movie um, that uh, my parents were out here um for a oh, little that bit explains and... the, totally why you saw it exactly this is a movie you watch with your parents when you're like should we just watch a movie uh and <laughs> yeah. we're like yeah let's just watch yeah. a movie um yeah let's just watch a movie sure yeah but uh but yeah so at one point we were like we've done a lot today let's just stay home get takeout and watch a movie and so we watched 80 for brady uh which starring some awesome awesome ladies who everyone loves yeah, yeah. like Sally Field, Billy Tomlin, right. Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno. Uh, so very lovable casts um, of these women who are, um, you know, maybe not in their prime for Hollywood standards. It's, uh, it's funny. I actually heard someone else talk about on a podcast that they um, went to it with friends kind of like, ironically, they're like, they got a huge group together to go see it in the theaters. And when they start, when the movie started, like, 10 to 15 minutes in they were thinking like oh my god what what did i do like this isn't this isn't like funny to like ironically right, see this right. see but i then, would ironically see something like this and then right yeah be like i made a mistake yeah and then they said which i i agreed with this that like once it went on they were like okay it's it's fine you know it's not so bad and that's kind of how i felt like at first it's like oh wow it's really gonna be this corny uh and and cheesy and once you get over that, it starts to get into it more. You just kind of accept it for what it is. And uh, yeah. it's like, I'm obviously, I'm never going to watch this again. It's a, <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie, but, uh, but it's also not, you know, it's not like painful to watch. Right. Um, yeah. You so, suddenly yeah. kind of realize it's a movie that's like kind of taking itself seriously a little bit. Yeah. It's really trying to be heartwarming and yeah. I, I feel like, like, it's like women in the South will watch this or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like, yeah, there's like a, a definitely an audience of people who will like this. When I saw the trailer, I was like this. Wow. I can't believe this is a thing that's happening. Like, yeah, right. I was just like, was <laughs> laughing so hard, but maybe I, yeah, I shouldn't actually try to watch it ironically then. You probably won't get much more out of it than uh, if you just watch the trailer. So yeah, that's 80 for Brady. Don't mean to be, be a, a downer on that, but, uh, was not for me, I guess. So. <laughs> I respect your honesty, John. <laughs> but you got to respect the longevity sometimes, I guess. But Yeah, yeah. 
hey, they're all hey, Tom Brady played super late in his like athletic timeline, I guess you could say. And these mm-hmm. yeah. these ladies are also doing it still. And they're right, exactly. Up yeah. There, so yeah, it's a bit of good a good for metaphor. them. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Yeah, maybe next LeBron will have a movie with a lot of old ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I've got a sports movie to connect to that with. Cool. Uh, uh, another sports movie. Uh, I saw um, Air in mm. uh, in theaters, and man, I didn't. Too, I must have actually clicked. I didn't two star Air. I should really. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw Air in directed by Ben Affleck, <laughs> and starring Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And Jason Bateman and Viola Davis and Chris Tucker in theaters. <laughs> I saw this movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I at, at, at the specific theater I saw it at was uh, actually the. It's uh, I, I forget what they call it. they call it the City Walk, which is um, basically the like this like ridiculous shopping mall area that you got to walk through before you get into Universal Studios um the universal studios hollywood so like oh i I see funny what's funny and actually the theater is really nice i saw top gun maverick there in imax and it's a really nice theater like it's a it's a it's a really good movie theater but it's also like when i drove in i was like driving through like all the like traffic for all these like you know families that are going into universal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you feel and you kind of feel like you're going into universal or like disneyland or some something like that and i, I was like and i also like like i paid the parking rate that was you know like that you pay to get into the theme park so mm. i just felt like wow so stupid for like going to this pl- what a stupid place to see this <laughs> movie right now you know i could just have waited it for it to pop on netflix or whatever when it uh you know came out but um anyways for those who are worried about my you know my bank account i did get the uh the uh parking reimbursed by the by the perfect validated yeah uh, yes i had to get it valid it was like yeah it's like it was like 30 dollars or something oh my god because it's universal parking you know yeah like not worth it for parking to see air um necessarily (laughs) but anyways um like air is definitely not a must see in the theaters for sure still glad i did it um but like i will say like like and and this is also a ridiculous movie to exist um kind of maybe not to the extent of 80 for brady but this is a ridiculous movie to exist but also i i really enjoyed it like um it, it like it's just kind of funny to watch as like how committed these guys who we kind of like all like you know matt damon and ben affleck are to telling this very very side story of how nike first just you know signed michael jordan and how matt damon plays this guy who is so committed to signing michael jordan and like that they were willing to just you know bet the house all for michael jordan it's like very interesting like you it's not even like michael jordan is like michael jordan's not really a character in this at all like you don't like i heard yeah yeah like you don't even see his face in the meeting rooms like michael jordan's like viola davis who plays mrs jordan like speaks for him the whole time 
so it's such a like behind the scenes thing that like I don't know I feel like the only reason it was able to get made and the only reason why someone saw it they thought okay this would be an interesting thing is because Ben Affleck like clearly got into it and was like we'll, we'll make this and sold someone on it you know because mm-hmm. um yeah but like it's well it's well done like I got into all these characters I got into the whole story um uh it's very funny these guys are clearly having a really fun time making it Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight and he's very <laughs> memorable and funny in this uh uh and, and and in the end, when they signed Michael Jordan, I like, I was very, uh, yeah, and you know, I was like, I felt that, you know, what you're supposed to feel in sports movies when they make the last winning shot or whatever, you know, I was like, yes, they did it. You, know, you, <laughs> feel, you feel all that work that they put into it, you know? Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I, I saw that this is already on um, Amazon Prime, so. Oh, for free, gonna... of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I went, like I'm saying, like I told you all the work <laughs> I went through to just to see in theaters. But yeah, no, check it yeah. out. It's good. I enjoy cool. it a lot. Yeah, I was I was thinking um, that this was kind of one of those where I would wait until it's streaming. I'd for sure watch it, but wait, because yeah, it most I, definitely is. You know, like at the last dance, they kind of go, they gloss over it a little bit, but kind of go through a little bit of that process like there's one episode really dedicated towards like the oh there really is yeah because endorsements did, and stuff it did change a lot like his and his deal on it like i think that is insane and they talk there's like a you know at the end of like movies based on true events like they show like they have all the like words at the end of that like show what happened next to all these characters and it says like michael jordan makes makes this much off of his royalties from the shoes and it's just like oh my god that's insane (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well speaking of um seeing famous people in person on sunday when i was uh i was going to comedy works and on my walk in downtown denver we saw ron funches who i was seeing perform then also because the nuggets were playing game five which was Mm -hmm. last night uh walked past jeff green uh Ooh. of the nuggets and mike breen bang no way mike breen, mike yeah breen. bang there's mike breen bang. he was a, almost unrecognizable but uh my yeah, brother-in-law pointed yeah, him out. Right. i can see yeah. that i can see not on tv being like there's just this old man <laughs> like really in, in shape old guy like he there's That's a lot true. of those in Colorado too. A lot of these <laughs> probably uh, are They're like 60 year old guys with yeah, short gray hair that right. like look like they can run a marathon tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. They're all biking and running and hiking out there. Yeah. So he fit in perfectly. Uh, but yeah, there, there's my little uh, celebrity yeah. encounter too. <laughs> wow. And also, but we glossed, uh, we didn't talk about this, but yeah, congrats to your city, John, on, yeah. on, on building a chance on, building the championship team the classic way doing it the right you know? way building yeah. through the draft mm-hmm. building from within yeah making some some solid trades for good role players yeah uh, for yeah. sure yeah Keeping yeah actually the same coach for eight years you know yeah sticking with their team you know not selling out yeah it's making being a bulls fan way more depressing seeing uh <laughs> seeing this like small city that I'm in now and it's, and just 
how successful that their basketball team is while the bulls continue to crumble. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I do like the nuggets a lot. Um, no, yeah. If they were to, uh, say like, just keep winning, it's not like I would not be like mad the way, like when other teams keep winning, you know, I would be like, so I'd be like so psyched for them for sure. Yeah. Before we get into our movie of the day, one more thing, John, I want, cause I know you saw this too. I want to talk about, um, this, uh, this is a while ago when I saw this, but I want to talk about Baby J, the John Mulaney oh. comedy special. <laughs> yes. Which um, was very good. Um, so good. And uh, yeah, what else? <laughs> yeah. It was good. Uh, it, was, uh, it was cool because it was like, uh, you could tell he's like evolving, you know, right, like right. it was much more like story based. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very contained in, as if it was like it was very contained about one thing. You yeah. Know, it was all just like it was just like yeah, like ma- mainly him just recounting all of his like everything with addiction for him and I I liked that, you know, like uh mm-hmm. And there's specifically that one moment like in the special where he's like I don't know if you remember, but I used to talk like this, like when I did my comedy. Do this. Day, I'd be like blowing around. Yeah. And, and, and like, it, it's very noticeable too, that he's not doing that at all. Um, yeah. the special, he's like standing in one place and he's like holding the mic stand. And it's like, wow. Like, like, and it's not like he's not, you know, delivering still like, great humor at a very high volume like he was you know he's still doing it but maybe not to the extreme like now that we now we know like coked out level that he was before you know what i mean so it it was really i thought found that very fascinating to see he was like super honest about this like personal thing that happened with him right and, and, and it was all uh, self-deprecating to like the hundred yeah. percent the whole whole special was yeah no i used to think too about him like i was like oh he's just like you know he's one of the john mulaney is one of those comedians like he's like chris rock or jerry seinfeld where he's like attacking the audience with his you know ideas and stuff like that and he's very on because he's you know he's a very controlling comic you know he's not like you know Chappelle who's comfortable enough to hang out on stage that's what I always was like that's his style you know what I mean but like the learning about his like how much of a cokehead he really was like really like I'll never like really look at his old comedy the same because I'll be like wow it was just because he was so high his I know where all that energy comes from now you know yeah yeah it's it's interesting to to think back on that now um yeah because he really is so high energy <laughs> yeah in those yeah. other specials yeah yeah no you watch like live at radio city you're like dang dude this is like it's like reading a book this guy right now you know yeah like he's yeah just running back and forth across the stage and it's just such a display like a display performance wise you know yeah i'm i'm very yeah. looking forward to seeing because he's definitely hasn't lost it at all and he's clearly still in his bag i i I, i'm looking forward to just seeing where he goes further you know what he yeah what he's able to do you know or if he's able to do you know i hope he's able to keep keep the 
the run going with his, you know, as a stand-up. I'm sure he will, you know, it's like in his genes, you know, it's yeah, just like, it'll, so it'll be natural. very, it'll be very different. It's just, it's, it'll be different. I feel, you know, like what yeah. will the next one be? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, do you ever watch, um, YouTube, um, 92nd street Y videos? Yeah. That, so I saw that they, um, they did one with John Mulaney and David Byrne, uh, and it was oh. moderated by Fred Armisen. And, wow uh, is it yeah. the most recent one of the more recent ones yeah it was just like a few weeks ago i remember okay. i saw some posts about it but i don't know if it's on i don't think it's on like youtube or anything yet but i feel like they usually put like the full the one with uh on john YouTube. mulaney and bill Hader. i really like uh, yeah i've seen about that barry one. that's a great one yeah yeah i've seen that one and then one about uh with bill Hader, fred armison and seth myers for documentary now um, oh yeah yeah i've been i've been meaning to watch that one yeah yeah so i'm excited for whenever that gets like uploaded um because i definitely want to um and i think the director uh i forget his name uh alex timbers he's on it too so they I think they just talk about obviously mm-hmm. the special and all everything that went into it because it was uh it's cool that he, although this was like a very small part of it, it's cool that he got like david byrne to do yeah uh, music for it and stuff so, yeah, yeah for sure well and didn't he like for like live at radio city who's the guy playing the organ again it's like someone really iconic like yeah not trent uh, Reznor, is it it's like some composer i think oh john bryan john Brion? john bryan yes Brian? john bryan yeah which is like yeah. that's just such a crazy thing yeah that it's john bryan playing the organ for yeah he's done special yeah he's done like magnolia punch drunk love yeah, yeah. eternal sunshine yeah huge like Tiki, composer. New York. yeah yeah cool yeah a guy i don't think of but is probably one of my favorite uh probably one of my favorite composers if i had to. <laughs> yeah good uh good call good memory all right all right that, that's enough of those that's enough there <laughs> um uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm ready uh to talk about our our movie of the day which is a uh you know, it's a random one, but that's how we like to do it sometimes. That's how this, uh, I feel like our revisited series spawned is just kind of based off of like what we're feeling and like what we feel like we need to talk, like watch again and talk about again. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the times it, I think it mainly started on gaining further insight on them. And, uh, yeah, today's movie is Sofia Coppola's, uh, some would say uh, mass- 2003 masterpiece, Lost in Translation. Uh, it's kind of what got her on the map. Uh, it's Bill Murray in probably one, his first ever like serious role, one would say. Um, and uh, Sofia Coppola won a Best Screenplay Oscar for it. Uh, so this is a... Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it's a very iconic movie. Um uh, that I've personally seen, uh, this would probably be my fourth time seeing it, I would say. So I've, I've seen it, you know, plenty of times now. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah how many is, times have you seen it? This is my third, I think. And, yeah. uh, it's funny. My first one or speaking of watching movies with family, I, uh, the first time I ever watched this was like after it came out on home video and whatever 2003 or four. Oh, so you were young yeah and i think 
I don't I don't remember. There's no the, way the, you understood it. <laughs> hell no. I probably I, thought, I definitely thought it was boring. You know, yeah. not that I can really remember. All I remember is um, feeling like I think my parents saw Bill Murray and thought that it was maybe a funny movie. Um, right. Did and that's the reason that we rented it and watched it right, as a family. Right. Uh, and then I remember seeing boobs in it, which was a big deal for me as like a oh, yeah, ten or eleven year old. Yeah. So and that that's like all I can remember of that is like feeling kind of bored and mm-hmm. seeing boobs and thinking that it's not it wasn't funny. Um, and then I saw it again as as I was older and then loved it and um, and actually thought it it was kind of funny and um, also very meaningful. <laughs> right. And then right. now my third time watching it. I, I do. Th- I thought it was even funnier this time, actually, and then also even more meaningful. So yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm I'm glad <laughs> wow, I've seen so, it in these different so as stages. You've seen it, as you've seen it more and more, it just it grew more and more and more. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think this is a I, this is one of those movies that's I, I don't know. It's just very um, mesmerizing to watch because not there's not a whole lot that happens there's not this huge right. big plot line but it's just you feel like you're just in this moment with these people and it's very right. relatable feelings right. i feel like especially nowadays um you know i'm sure uh at any point in, in like our modern modern times but especially nowadays these feelings of like loneliness and like a desire to just like connect mm-hmm. with other people right um, so yeah I, I I really yeah. well yeah really like the, I, the idea of also like escaping I feel like this is a lot about mm-hmm. like escapism and like being able to have like a relationship that I think is its own contained thing that would only be able to exist for instance at this hotel in Tokyo you yeah. know like that's I, I feel like that's a lot of like the main idea of it um but yeah so I first saw this movie like when I was first really like a young adult really getting into movies i'd probably watched pulp fiction the week before or some shit (laughs) and um knew knew that lost in translation was you know known as a big deal like i would look on google and be like oh look at what one best screenplay in uh 2003 lost in translation hmm i am a i'm an aspiring screenwriter i should really see the best screenplay winners <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's so funny yeah yeah so I'd, I'd, I'd watch it based off that and like also i'd be like oh and bill murray's in it it's scarlett johansson wow you know and like i'd watch it because of that and like and I, you know you would hear about it like this movie has a it, it's very well known and is also just known for being a very meaningful um film and um so i unlike i didn't see it when i was 11 like i was you so (laughs) i definitely like first watch was like very like in into it um very into it and um i would say like for that time in my life like say the way you know when you first see fight club and you're at the right age it's very life-changing. I think I was at the right age for Lost in Translation to be very life-changing for me because I remember just feeling so different um, and inspired uh, afterwards from mm-hmm. it. Um, and I don't even think I totally understood the movie, but I still was just the vibe of it all. And because... A feeling, yeah. 
yeah, the feeling. And because I was so young and new to movies and film in general that like I had never seen anything like it. That's for sure. Um, and now I feel like at this point, I've definitely seen a lot of movies like this. So I will say that it's it's lost a little muster for me. Is it muster or mustard? Probably muster, right? <laughs> lost a little mustard. Or, uh, what is the word? I think it's muster. Muster? Yeah, it's lost a little. It's lost a little muster. Muster, assemble, a formal (laughs) gather, collector assemble. Formal gathering of troops. Maybe that's. Is it luster? Is luster the word? It's lost. It's luster. I think luster because a, a gentle sheen or soft glow. So it's like lost, like the sheen, and it is like kind of lost lost a little bit. It's lost. It's luster. Luster. Dang. <laughs> All the listeners are like, how can you, how, what does he mean? He's lost a collection of troops. <laughs> yeah. Does it make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, why do I listen to these guys? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's lost its luster. Um, essentially because like, I feel like, I've seen a lot more movies that are meditative and self-reflecting and, you know, yeah, all that stuff. So I, I like, I definitely have like a lot. I still find this movie to be tremendous, like in, in a lot of ways, very special. And I still very, really like it, but it's not, it doesn't hold that like life changing appeal. It used to have like, like, and it's mm-hmm. not, I feel like for like, for you while it, you said like now it's even more meaningful <laughs> I, like i feel like for me it's gotten maybe a little, little less and a little less every time i've watched it over the years just um but like i still like i still like it and um i think that this movie got a lot of has a lot of clout and appeal specifically because bill murray's in it and it introduced popular like like audiences that would normally watch hollywood movies to like in something that feels more intimate and independent yeah and art and artistic and unique and because of and like sophia coppola is you know obviously like an art 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 an artist she's an artistic filmmaker and her work she's very inspired by like you know a lot of like foreign directors and stuff like that and that like I feel like this made a a move films like that um, accessible because she put Bill Murray in this movie, and like you said, your family was like, "It's a let's watch it. It's probably a comedy." You know what I mean? And Hilarious, like, yeah. Right, and but like something like this, I feel like that could be so uninteresting to so many people was interesting because Bill Murray's in it. I, I really believe that because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, who who's not interested in Bill Murray, you know, like who's not. And, um, and also yeah. um, this, like, I think this is a very, like, you, you know how we talk about Truman's show um, with Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. uh, like being autobiographical. I feel like this is a little autobiographical therapeutic for Bill Murray as well. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, he's obviously like a perfect uh casting choice for this role because 
uh, I mean, in the U S he, anywhere he, any, everywhere he goes. And, you know, I think maybe he, he kind of has like the ego that he loves um, getting like attention sometimes, but uh, right. I, I think he's like, unlike Jim Carrey, who is like, that has made him fucked up and depressed. I think Bill Murray actually like enjoys it. He's like, yeah, actually like, you know, seems to be a very, yeah. Healthy individual as adjusted to it. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely like uh comfortable with fame. It seems like, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, but drink, he, he drinks at Wrigley, that sort of shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He tries to be like of the people uh, mm-hmm. in a way, but um, yeah. Yeah. He, so he kind of fits the mold for this type of character. Who's like, um you know also aging uh even you know 20 years ago like at the mm-hmm. time you know he wasn't in like his right. heyday and i watched a little, i watched a little like behind the scenes like years ago um when i was you know i had watched this movie again so i wanted to look more into it and like there was a there's you know it shows bill murray and sofia coppola like hanging out making the movie and bill murray says like multiple times in that like that like at least up to that point like this is his like favorite movie he's ever done. And I, I feel like, you know, he's probably was looking very hard for something like this, like that maybe yeah. after being that guy for so long, he probably really needed this, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a, yeah, that's a good call. Cause yeah, this probably was his first real, like non comedy wacky movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot inside of him that he wanted to get out that was more introspective mm-hmm. and uh, right, serious. Right. Yeah, right. That's yeah. And uh, something about this movie too is like, uh, so I think part of the reason why it was also more meaningful for me now is that I just got back from uh, a trip. You just which, left. Yeah, you went out of the country. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and so it was making me think a lot about that, and I it's uh interesting like the dynamic between bill murray and scarlett johansson because obviously they're these two two people with you know similar backgrounds for where they are uh you know obviously if they're like in the u.s they would just be like two completely different people but they're in this foreign country that they feel lost in translation and whatever yeah and uh um but they kind of feel like a way where they can disconnect from who other people know them as uh, Mm -hmm. and just be completely like authentic and genuine to each other themselves without any, any other like judgments from before. And I, Mm -hmm. and that was like, that kind of like hit home with me because when we were just like, uh, we were in another country where nobody Mm -hmm. knew us, uh, you know, we didn't have any, there was no familiar people around or anything. Um, It was like so easy to escape into like, being a different person where it was almost like uh intoxicating like talking to mm. like your waiter at a restaurant or yeah um, it's so fresh like yeah it's so fresh You're like oh you want to know about me i'll tell you about me yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know go. you don't know yeah. about any of my flaws yeah. or any mm-hmm. any of the things that i uh embarrassed myself doing uh right. back home like because we even went on this like tour where we were with like, I'm a such group. a loser back home. <laughs> yeah. You have no but idea. But these people think I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like that. We like we did this one tour where we went to this national park and we were in like a bus with a bunch mm-hmm. of people, like people from the Netherlands, Finland, uh, um, other places too, Chicago. Um, but even like oh. these, you know, these people who we are just like from all different backgrounds, we come here and like 
nobody and nobody knows who like Carly or I are, but we get to like have these like great conversations learning about each other. And it was like, it was really like intoxicating. Like it was Mm -hmm. great to like connect with people who don't have any judgments of you from knowing you before or knowing other. So yeah. So like that part of it was really connecting with me. Like I could see how they can feel this like deep connection with each other, this like intimate connection um, being in this situation, which I thought, yeah, that is just like a beautiful part of the movie. Talking to another American is different when you are also far away from home. Yeah. Yeah. You don't look Mm -hmm. at it the same way. Like, yeah. You're not like here when here we're all just like, get out of my way. Or we're like, right. Yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Or I'm sorry. Just to like, move on you know avoid what I mean? like, yeah. some like social situation yeah right yeah. everyone's just in the way or just everyone we got to just like deal with each other you know yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah for sure and you see that a lot in the movie when um what you're talking about when like bill murray calls home and like he's talking to his wife and you can just like um here he's trying like to do better and like because he's there and he's thinking about it he's trying to be more present there and she's just like see but she you can tell like she just sees him this way certain way um you know like and Mm -hmm. he's like he's trying to change his image of her you know and like when he while he's away but he's just it's so the relationship now so distant that he's away you know so then he puts all that need to do that into like you know, giving his attention to Scarlett Johansson and, and, and when they hang out and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I just think there's a lot of just great, like quiet moments. Um, yeah. Too, just like, uh, you know, the, the scene that stuck out to me too, was like them laying on the bed and yeah. uh, that's like probably like, like the biggest scene, probably the, maybe for me, the one that always like yeah. hits home the most is like the most like, memorable you know the most intimate scene yeah i think that yeah it's just a really like uh relatable scene for for people who occasionally you get in those like moments with other people where you all of a sudden just like open up to someone or someone opens up to you and it's like this like Mm -hmm. very yeah very like vulnerable moment and uh yeah that's where like we see them it's like not sexual or, or anything like that they're just both right laying down and like and she just scarlett johansson just goes into how she feels lost and like if it gets better and uh and yeah it's just like just, a very real conversation yeah, yeah yeah and he's and he's and he's had he he really like he's had more experiences but he like doesn't know anything better necessarily he's just like kind of telling her what she's in for pretty much you know yeah yeah he doesn't necessarily say that it will get better because it right yeah and i've noticed this sometimes when i've spoken to older adults and like i'll be like oh they clearly like don't have it more figured out like it's not about Mm. like you know and it, it makes you think like about like like maybe they've done more things but it doesn't mean they've figured it out you know and yeah. like yeah yeah and it, it kind of really makes you think that like oh that's not the game when you're young you think oh you'll have it figured out but maybe that's not the game the game isn't about you know figuring it out you know taking life as it comes yeah i don't know 
I can't think of anything, uh, anything more profound. <laughs> this is a very, but, yeah, yeah, very existential episode, but that's yes, what yeah. this movie, that's what this movie is, you know? Um, yeah. And like, I do find, I've always found it as like a comfort one. Like when you're lost and you're, if you're in your twenties and you're kind of just feeling stressed or overwhelmed or confused, which is when, what you are a majority of the time, this is a, very easy go-to like comfort movie for that you know because i feel this is probably a little autobiographical for sophia coppola as like i'm pretty sure scarlett johansson is her you know in the movie yeah. like i guarantee it you know like i think um, she said that before that it was yeah. kind of based on her relationship with spike jones mm-hmm. um because like uh I forget his name, but Scarlett Johansson's like husband in it is supposed to be loosely based off of Spike Jones and kind of their like disconnect towards the end of their mm-hmm. marriage. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I also think she definitely um, she really wrote it very much for Bill Murray. I think that was like the dream too, and I, I so I think like she probably took that like yeah the experience with Spike Jones and then like just really formulated she saw like bill murray you like you can see like that she really envisioned it as like bill murray is a lonely lonely character in japan just walking around like moping moping around you know like that shot with him with the slippers all that stuff just him looking you know depressed there it it is so like interesting it is so interesting to watch always uh yeah 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 i mean the opening scene uh too it's like it just sets up that meditative quality of it where it's just going through which i feel like there's a a lot of movies that do this that are set in japan but i love it but it's just sort of like going through the city showing different like flashing neon lights and yeah well and that's uh, how the movie ends the movie ends too on music and more like tokyo stuff as he's as as he's leaving yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean if you think about it yeah not a lot like you know you know a lot of these times we're going through them and like plot for plot detail by detail but like this is a very plotless um movie which is also why i've always been drawn to it and it's so meditative and it's so about like the routine of being at this hotel and how, and a lot about like boredom and like it's, it's a lot about boredom too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like Scarlett Johansson just looking out her window all the time. And uh, you know, they, they just seem to be like, they're looking for things to do. And th- this like frustrated me a little this time around. Cause I was like, god they're so like lost and depressed but i was like thinking of it from the perspective of like i'm like you're in tokyo like go get out there man like experience (laughs) it do something (laughs) stop drinking at this stupid bar all the time my god like there's so much you could be doing you know but i know that's not what the movie's about but like i'm just saying like i'm just saying like from my perspective you know like do these characters recognize their privileged job? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hear Tokyo has great public transportation. They don't even need a car. Yeah. Just walk out of the hotel. Yeah. 
yeah have you seen the tokyo parts unknown they don't you don't yeah have, you don't have like you could not sleep but also be exhilarated at the same time you don't have to just be up from boredom and existentialism you know and yeah. drink at this lame hotel bar and listen to the same redhead singer all the time you know you could go out there and live yeah you're in a position that like millions of people including us want, are like super they jealous all want, yeah, yeah they all want, want to be in like that like, who doesn't go like yeah like i don't ever hear from anyone like not say yeah tokyo's my dream vacation destination yeah. that's literally everyone and their mother says that and like yeah like to the point where it's almost like annoying you're like oh you want to go there too huh it's everyone wants think, to go there yeah. you think it'd be amazing too huh <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah so like there's this movie that but like it's like i don't know it's for some reason this movie it's like i, I it's all about framing i you know like mm -hmm. this movie portrays tokyo a lot of the times it's just so like because it's trying to show it from their perspective and it's like yeah it's tokyo just seems so like outside of the times where they're like running out and about in the nightlife which are great scenes you know but mm -hmm. like tokyo seems so mundane a lot of times doesn't it like like they're yeah. eating at like the sushi bar at one point and like they're just staring at the chef and it just seems so like boring and dry yeah. like what they're doing so i mean i guess that is an interesting take on it you know but i'm sure you know Sofia Coppola might have just grown, having grown up as a Coppola, had was probably one point in an amazing country, and was just bored to death there because that's the norm yeah. for her, you know what I mean? And was like, had the, you know, the time to think about where will who will I become, you know, blah blah blah, you know. Yeah, all the, like the city shots like from the hotel room it's like it looks so drab and it does yeah basic just like yeah here's yeah. A, a city like here's some buildings and like right and it's all like the same flashing the red lights are all over it and stuff yeah, like that yeah. yeah whereas then you see all this other like tokyo stuff yeah on youtube all or something it's all like their tokyo content your face, is like, like, like the most stimulating place yeah you know yeah, yeah like it, like Anthony Bourdain like has a book in his one of his books like writes about being in Tokyo and how like they don't sleep the whole week they're there yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know pretty much because that's just the lifestyle of it you know and in this movie they're just like stuck in this hotel and they can't sleep because they're just depressed you know yeah yeah it's funny in that uh episode too he starts he's at that same hotel I think is he um in the beginning, he's like does this monologue where he's like, uh, "The first time I was in Japan, it was a very transformative experience." And then it goes, it cuts <laughs> into like all these like crazy things happening. Right, right. The the do, 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 that 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 whole thing. That yeah, crazy the, like show they go. The show to. he goes to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it's it's funny because it's like he's giving this very like serious speech, like, uh, oh, like, like lost in translation yeah like it, it i i'm fairly certain it's the same like hotel bar but he's just like alone in there um, wow that makes me want to stay at that hotel now right <laughs> no. yeah mainly because he stayed there i wasn't gonna because lots of translation does not make you want to stay there no it looks yeah it looks <laughs> so boring yeah um yeah. but yeah, but yeah, it, yeah actually cool. like as a set like that bar is like really fucking cool like it's really yeah. cool and this movie is very you know well like 
it's so well shot and the composition of everything is great um i was just saying from my perspective in the context of like why the hell are you always at this hotel bar yeah. every night man like god there's so yeah. much to do probably yeah i couldn't imagine not wanting to just like go and explore tokyo yeah i would be walking there. around I'd, it's a walking city i'd be walking around constantly yeah. i could you know the the loneliness like being there and being kind of on your own i could totally see that but i the i would have to get out of the hotel right i can yeah exactly exactly i could i could deal with the loneliness yeah i I would just (laughs) stimulate myself you know i thought it was it was funnier this time watching it because i completely like forgot about anna ferris's character um (laughs) right right who i think adds some nice levity to she's like uh, we're in yeah because yeah she actually is animated yeah she's like this ecstatic animated one when they're just like barely talking for most of the time and yeah she she has like a line she's like we're like about the director she's like we're both live in la so we like mexican food and yoga and (laughs) karate or something (laughs) like that yeah did we talk about the soundtrack yet not really but like it is good i i don't like Mm -hmm. personally recognize any of the songs in it but i would it's something i would listen to and it does add a lot it definitely adds a lot right because there's a lot of quiet the movie's quiet a lot too which is also what's nice about it so Mm -hmm. when the music comes on it's very it's certainly very effective yeah i feel like it all meshes well together but it's there's not like a distinct song or two that stands no. out from the others yeah and i will say i will say uh while i i said uh the some of this movie is a lost luster for me um that i i'd say the end of the movie still i like i get very like emotional it may it makes me emotional each every time when the way the ending is drawn out the way he like calls about his coat the way like she comes down and he doesn't want to like say a proper goodbye to her in front of all the like um you know the japanese people and then he chases her down and like they have an amazing moment and um you know he whispers in her ear and you don't know what she's saying but she looks like you know it's she's gonna carry with it for the rest of their life and like then yeah then he gets in the cab and the music comes on i the ending always gets me like of this yeah. movie for sure it hits hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does it hits really hard um yeah. when when like i think what doesn't do it for me as much these days is like a lot of like the uh, when when both characters are alone i'm kind of like not as like into it anymore as i used to be because i find it i find it a little cliched maybe just like oh scarlett johansson checked out a buddhist temple and she found that very moving or like you know and like or bill murray's on this like like this stupid japanese tv show and like he doesn't know what anybody's saying bill murray never knows what anybody's saying in japan you know because not one person Mm -hmm. speaks english you know what i mean um and the Japanese TV show is so animated and weird and that whole, that whole thing, like that stuff for me, I'm all, I'm kind of like not as into anymore, but like specifically everything with the relationship um, still holds up for me specifically because I, I buy it. Um, I believe they have great chemistry. 
Um, I and I buy the idea of it. I, I think Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray are very good together. Um, definitely. After I rewatched it, I was watching a clip of Scarlett Johansson on Howard Stern talking about uh, filming. It was just like a three-minute clip, but uh, and he's like, "Man, what that must have been crazy! You're like 17 years old and you're yeah, acting with so Bill young. Murray." Yeah. yeah, and she was actually talking about how it was very like, uh, um, it was like very strange for her um, mm-hmm. doing that because and and it was it was weird too because she was kind of giving like a really nice answer of saying that she didn't necessarily like him that much and maybe really? i'm just speculating but kind of just saying like yeah well you know he's he has these you know quirks and he's you know he's been through so much and um so mm. he can be like he has a lot of energy and like she was kind of saying these things that sounded um i don't know just interesting but uh Hmm. um but she was saying it was just kind of like a surreal thing to be a part of like as a 17 year old yeah yeah um i mean I you can imagine. tell she's so young i mean like yeah. her voice in it is like completely different it's almost like she's a different um person uh yeah <laughs> yeah but i would say this is one of the scar joe performances that maybe like sticks in my head the most out of out of the rest just because she seems it's one where she just does seem like different. I don't think of like her as, oh, there's Scarlett Johansson there. You know, the I'm celebrity. Not really thinking, yeah. Yeah. I'm not thinking of it as much. I'm actually thinking of it as like a, a performance, you know, and I, I do like she always does like have that look of like she's really good at seeming lonely. She's really, you can really tell she like all the time how much she loves Bill Murray in it too. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to see her in like a, this sort of like indie artsy type right. of movie before the Marvel, all the Marvel stuff. Um, right. I, I was thinking like when this movie opened, like because the opening shot is of like Scarlett Johansson's like ass, like yeah, yeah. Wearing, wearing underwear, which I always forget because it's such a down to earth movie and it opens <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. But like I was thinking like, oh, what if like... uh the Marvel fans are like, you gotta see Lost in Translation, Black Widow, <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray's going after Black Widow's ass in it. Yeah, so that's hot. What that, yeah. That's what that opening shot is about. <laughs> yeah. Overall, Lost in Translation is still very good. Um, I think I might have hit my cap with it um, in terms of watching it. It might be many years before I rewatch it because I've seen it now like four times. I feel like that's, you know, plenty. Um, but mm-hmm. still, still, still really like it. Still get something out of it um, each time. I, and it's just, it's a very cute, it's a very cute movie um, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I love Sofia Coppola also, also. Like, I actually think I like her other films more than this one but this is definitely her most well known for sure um and yeah I, definitely and like i said it's because bill murray is in the movie like it's just because it's bill yeah. murray was in it you know and, and and obviously it's very i think it's probably more accessible than the other ones maybe like more people were able to connect with it you yeah. could say um but yeah, like her other films, like I love Virgin Suicides. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Mar- Marie Antoinette, uh, I like Marie a Antoinette. lot. 
the bling yeah. ring the bling ring i really like the beguiled i really like um she made that other movie with bill murray with rashida jones oh um, yeah on the rocks yeah on the rocks which is is very it's very eh, but it's mm-hmm. still like it's watchable and it's it looks good um yeah 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 i need to um i need to rewatch virgin suicides because it's been a while for that one but i remember really liking that and the the bling rings the only other i'm realizing now it's the only other one i've seen i definitely uh really enjoy all three of those and i just i like that she's and it seems like she kind of just does what she's drawn to you know she's like this huge hollywood name Mm -hmm. because of her dad but she just kind of does what she's drawn to is like like artistically yeah. and stuff yeah she made her own she made her own voice out of it you know she yeah it's a big shadow to follow for sure yeah um yeah well yeah yeah that's a uh, lost in translation yeah. um if you are a lost per- soul which most likely you are <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it this far because <laughs> you're listening to this podcast still <laughs> Highly recommend Lost in Translation. It'll help you feel uh, less lost because it um, it'll remind you that um, everyone is lost as well. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, John and I are back doing episodes again. Uh, Feels uh, good. So, yeah, definitely does. So um, yeah, keep, look out for more stuff. Um, and uh, definitely, you know, Jake's train decade uh, series uh, will keep on rolling. And actually, he's about to cover the decade uh, that we are taught that this movie's from. So uh, let's maybe see, it'll be uh, there. Little crossover, yeah. Let's see if anyone <laughs> br- if anyone brings it on. You know, who knows. <laughs>